good evening. This is What Does It All Mean podcast. I am your host, James Lewis. Tonight, I have a guest, Alex and Sebastian. What's going on, everybody? Happy Saturday. Extra early edition. Good evening, James. So, uh, my friend Alex should be calling in here any second. We're going to talk to him. I once uh, snuck into this band, uh, into this uh, concert at this place called Irvine Meadows. This is this is the Steve Miller Band. And uh, you could sneak into concerts really easy at this place called Irvine Meadows back in the 90s. So, here he is. I snuck into that. Snuck into Fleet with Mac. Let's see if we get him in here. Yes. Hello, hello. Greetings, Alex. How are you doing? Great, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's a, it's a, it's a little late for East Coast time with Sebastian. He's an early boy. He, he'll, I'm sure he'll hear this and come running. But uh, right now we just have uh, uh, a little someone else hanging out. Oh yeah. What's that? What's that cat's name? This is Vera. Vera Wang. The Vera one. Wang. <laughs> That's amazing. So. That is amazing. My cat, I'll be honest. Oh, no, my cat's right here. So uh, before, about 10 minutes ago, like Mr. Magoo's been sleeping all day. So I was like, you know, you're going to have to like make an appearance here, buddy. So I like really got him up. I groomed him. I fed him. <laughs> He's, let's see. Mr. Magoo. Here he comes. Buddy. Yeah, and I thought he was feeling a little like ill because he was hiding underneath the, the uh, you know, the bed all day. And and I think you know I I gave him a interesting experience which I don't really give him a lot. He's a really he's an indoor cat, okay, and he's a rescue as well. And so he uh, he how do I explain it? The way that that my cat was was uh, brought to me was he was an outdoor cat that just went into one of my friend's houses and just stayed there. And at that point, they they couldn't they couldn't take care of it, and so they told they told my fiance that they were going to either have to take it to like a kill shelter or, or that was it. And so we just grabbed him and and brought him, you know. So, anyways, enough about me. What about what about your what about Sebastian? How did you how did you come about Sebastian? How do you come about your cat? Tell me the whole story. Give me it all. Well, Vera, I don't I, maybe you don't remember her, but uh, we've had her. Um, my wife actually. Cool. I, I do. I do. I do uh, remember. Totally. She was, uh, she, <clears throat> excuse me, she was only about a little over a year old when I met her. Um, and I had to pass her test as well uh, before I was allowed to come around. And uh, uh, Vera took me right in. But uh, my wife, Bernadette, really, really loves dogs. And I actually had uh, a lot of experience as a uh, teenager helping in various rescue homes. These were just private homes, people uh, with big hearts and the time just took in some strays. And sometimes they got a little ahead of themselves uh, with the number that they took in. So they would you know, 
network and at least get a little bit of help with walking and uh, just, you know, managing the, the flock. Um, and so it led me that, okay, Burn, I will we'll definitely get a dog, but just be prepared that one will probably become many because there's always a dog that, or cat or any, any animal really uh, that needs a home. So, um, of course, uh, she had the, the, the limits on needed to be a big dog and male, and we thought that would go well with Vera. Um, and I uh, uh, found Sebastian on the uh, Atlanta Humane website. Uh, excuse me, Vera. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I refused to look at the website before we were like, okay, we're going to do this. Because, <laughs> yes, all of you come home with me right now. Of course. My response would be, so, okay, let me scroll through real quick. Okay, here's the sweet little boy. You could tell his paw was a little bit injured in, in the uh, in the photo, and it's in in the uh, the intro in our videos that I just added. Yeah. Uh, and I said, okay, well, he's he's a boy. He's happy. He he needs a home. I'll go get him. And uh, it was actually kind of scary a little bit because when I got there to uh, to Atlanta Humane, um, uh, he wasn't in his pen uh, where he was supposed to be. And I was kind of looking around and like, oh, no, I'm too late. I came for one specific little pappy and he's already gone. But um, he was so well loved by the volunteers there. Uh, it was like a mother and daughter team that uh, I guess they stayed late or something of that nature. They had him in one of the rooms and was just playing with him. Oh, wow. They were like, oh, no, that's great. Please come in, you know, meet him and hung out for five seconds. It's like, OK, great. Where's the paperwork? Let's make this happen. Let's get this guy out of here. Yeah, Totally. Here we are. We've uh, got uh, just just under two years. I believe it's uh, um, March 11th. I got to double check that date, actually, the exact date he came home. But uh, beginning of March um, uh, was his adoption date in 2019. And we're just going to keep going, man. That's so amazing. You know, what's crazy about that story right there. Like, this is how, you know, I love you because you love animals. And, and I have too my entire life. And and that story that you told me flashed me back to the story of when I went to the Irvine Humane Society to look at the dogs. And, and uh, I knew that I couldn't get dogs, but I wanted to see anyways, because I already talked my mom into getting cats from this place. So at that point, we had probably two or three and my mom's a sucker. So like I was taking her back and, and there was this pit bull and dude, I didn't care what kind of dog it was. It was just if I had that connection. So it just so happened to be a pit bull. And at that time, like, it was like the 90s, the, the, like the kind of early 90s, and they had such a bad name for them. And mm -hmm. so I said, like, I, I played with it, and they were all warning me to, to stay back, stay whatever. And I'm like, whatever. I came up, hugged the dog. Me and the dog love each other. And I'm like, sold. You know, I want the dog instantly. So then they put me down on that list. And two weeks later, I come back because they, they had to wait two weeks later. And I come back. It was the dog's name is Rio. I'm like, oh, I'm here to pick up Rio. And this is a total downer. And they're like, oh, we had to put Rio down. And I was just like, wait, what? I'm 12, bro. I'm 12. You want to talk about life experiences? And they're like, and I'm like, why did you have to put Rio down? And they basically said, well, he snapped at one of the owners and, you know, uh, or one of the handlers. And we had to put him down. And at that point, it just Probably. crushed me. And it crushed me. Dog biting, of course. Of course, whatever it was, you know, I couldn't handle it if they would have given me that dog. And, you know, at that point, like, I actually heard the song Rio by Duran Duran today, or not today, uh, this week when I was working. And it, it flashed me back to that dog that I was, I'm, I'm 44 years old. You know, that flashed me back to 12. You know, what does it all mean? 
That's that's the whole point of this podcast. What does it all mean? It means rescue as many pappies as you can. <laughs> oh, it's definitely true. My my grandfather was big on that. He, uh, I got in a, a crazy car accident when I was kid, a kid when I was eight years old. Like I flew through a windshield. Uh, I, my, my face got all messed up, 56 stitches in my forehead. My grandfather shows up to the hospital. He has this Ghostbusters shirt on before I have to go into surgery. I go into this long surgery. He, we, 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 I come out, we go home that night, like that night. Okay. It's just that quick. I'm stitched up 60 some odd stitches in my head. We're driving back. It's still raining because it was raining before. I'm scared because I've got really got PTSD and all of a sudden there's this cat in the middle of the street, okay, like in front of the car. And my grandfather just swerves like, like, here we go again. Like, I think that we're going to crash and I'm going to die again. And then like, but, and then I'm all, what, what was that? Like, what could that possibly be? And he's like, it was a cat. We were, we're not going to hit it. And he was so serious. And he used to take in strays like, by the time I was four, I was around six dogs, seven cats. Like my grandfather had the biggest heart where he took in, he didn't just take in uh, cats. He would take in like all kinds of people and all kinds of just, he, he was a generous dude. So, you know, the Dalai Lama basically said he, ra- he, he judges, not judges, but he, he rates countries how they treat their animals, you know? And so like, if you, you know, if you just disregard the animal life, you have no, you know, conscious or, you know, real understanding of normal life. So it's all connected, you know, so. It very much says a lot about a person and the way that they treat an animal. And that doesn't just mean cats and dogs. I mean, exactly. We live in their world. Yes, it's definitely true. All right, I got I got a whole thing here. I got a whole thing. Let me read my little deal here. Um, okay, this is this is this is random. Have you heard of? I just heard this last week, and I don't want to advertise any false information, so I'm going to completely do my my checks. So, like with that Irvine Animal Shelter, like I'll tell you, that was firsthand. That happened to me. So. I know they euthanize, you know, and a lot of like places add that, you know, advertise that they don't. Well, I, I heard this guy on TikTok recently and he said that PETA, like, you know, the, the people's ethical treatment of animals mm-hmm. uh, puts down like 96% of their animals. And it's not even like a shelter at all. It, it's more or less like a, just a euthanizing center. And I also heard, and I, I couldn't believe this, it blew my mind. Then this guy started quoting the head lady of, of PETA, basically saying that she doesn't even think that humans should be with with animals and how it's just, it's ridiculous and nonsense, you know? And when I heard that, it blew my mind. Yes, I've heard that as well, that uh, the, uh, um, I'm, I'm, her name is escaping me right now. Me too, me too. Uh, but uh, yes, I've heard the quote where uh, of uh, uh, basically saying that uh, pet, and that's the best part is that P, uh, pet, PETA is usually canvassing in front of pet stores and things, or who yes. pet owners saying, "Hey, let's let's fight for all the animals." When they're outright saying, uh, "Well, no, uh, we shouldn't actually be having pets. Animals should be allowed to run free in all capacities." Period. End of story. 
<clears throat> which goes a bit beyond the scope of what we're discussing, but uh, certainly is not uh, uh, saying, no, that, that dog should not be forced and confined to live inside of your home so cruelly. It should be freely uh, not being the wolf that it's been bred down from. <laughs> Definitely. I had, I had a wolf for 12 years, by the way. Um, I remember your stories. That, that was, I, I could only imagine. <laughs> he, he was amazing. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't, um, what's the word? He wasn't domesticated. He was really kind of wild. And uh, in dealing with that, I had problems. I, I did. I, I actually had problems. So um, I, I went to jail because of, of my wolf at one point. This is a real story. I didn't get a license for it. And uh, I went to OCJ for my dog license. And, uh, you know, but it was all worth it because he was, he was an amazing individual. And I, I learned so much from that wolf more than it learned from me, man. Like, and, and the sad thing is like, he lived 12 years, 12 years, okay? And that's six years longer than any normal wolf in the wild so i i doubled his life expectancy and he was so just happy he didn't want to leave that at the end of his life like he was just like i can't explain it like he he his hip was so sore like there was a hole in it his ear was just just filled with this stuff and he, he was just staying around for me you know he was staying around for me and that, like i just wanted to say like bro like let go like you gotta let go and I'll deal with the pain, but he wasn't going to let go, you know? And that's where, uh, even though it's an animal, it doesn't matter. Like you have that connection, you know? Absolutely. And it's an entanglement. And I think that, you know, we, we call them rescue animals, but I, I, I just think they're like, I, I don't know. They're, they're way more than just rescue animals. Like if anything, they enhance my life. When my cat sits, ne sits next to me and starts to purr, I physically feel better about my life and i don't know <laughs> what that means but you know no better antidepressant than a purring cat absolutely yes and and i'm saying that of course as a dog lover too but uh uh yeah <laughs> the response that you can get from an animal is just something unique and something beautiful and something cherish and it's it's worth saving as many of these little lives as you can uh yep. just they can you know live out their unfortunately shorter lives uh, as happily as they can, you know? Definitely. So um, this ride, this says our angels, definitely. So when I took Mr. Magoo to the vet, uh, you know, I knew how old he was. And I just, I talk to my animals like they're, like, like they're more than humans to me. So, you know, when I went in there, the doctor's like, well, how old's Mr. Magoo? I'm like, he's like two. He's like two. And I knew he was like seven, but... <clears throat> To me, I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to keep this cat alive until he's 30, you know, <laughs> like, or as long as he can. And, and in my family, the, the, the animals live a real, real long time because they just, they're happy, you know, and just like, just like the wolf, he was happy as well. Now, I'm going to deviate into a weird one. I heard this theory like uh, last week as well. I, I was watching some weird documentary or some weird, I, I, I jumped down some rabbit hole and it basically said, you know, uh, they're they're aliens in, in you know the world. They're aliens all around us, and the biggest reason they don't wipe us out is because they like to see our interactions with the animals because it's not the same where they're from. And this is the theory. Of course, I think this is all whack, right? But when some of the stuff starts making sense, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, someone put either way too much effort into this, or it's going to be possibly true. 
And so what they said was on, you know, these distant planets, things are different and they, they actually eat like uh, more like vegetable based things. Okay. And so the animals aren't needed. <laughs> and so, so they just wipe them out, you know, they, they're just not needed. And so of centuries of doing that, it, it, it's evolved differently. And with us, supposedly, we've learned to just harmonize with nature more, which is, you know, ironic, because we're always fighting these wars. But you know, we, we still, the majority of us still learn how to take care of each other and take care of animals, you know, usually more than ourselves. There's many times I've starved. You know, when Mr. Magoo is eating bat because I, it's got to be that way. Because he deserves it. I get that. <laughs> yeah. So that's a cooked out theory, but I, I just had to throw that out there, you know, because it's a trip. Well, I, oh, if, Seba- if telling Sebastian's story helps stave off the end of the planet, you know, <laughs> one plus, man, I'll take it. I will. That's so funny. And you look at my screensaver right there and it's like, yep. you know, there we go, man. There we go. That is so funny. I've known you for like at least 10, 11 years now, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we, okay, so I'll give you a background. We used to hang out. Uh, where did I even meet you? Where do we meet, dude? Native Foods. Yeah, yeah, that's what Native Foods. <laughs> yep. Compassion Capital. Come on, that totally makes sense. So I, I moved to California for the love of my life and uh, uh, had to just get a job. And that was uh, the first place I got into was just riding off of uh, having been in restaurants. And I was like, well, hey, this will be fun. Let's check check out a vegan restaurant. The food's pretty good. And uh, met a lot of great people along the way, yourself included. And yeah, we we got to hanging out and realized we were not too far from each other anyway. So let's uh, let's play some guitar and jam and have a good time. So that was it. I totally forgot about Native Foods. You know when someone just fills your your head in with like information because you know like dude it's been a it's been a while you know and things just happen so yeah native foods i i was i was vegan for like 25 years uh my health started to really deteriorate and uh i didn't know why and so i started going to this dentist and my teeth you know started they were literally falling out of my mouth and uh the the first thing the dentist asked me was like do you uh eat any form of meat and I said, ironically, I don't. And he said, well, he said at that point, I, I, I did it, my thesis on, you know, vegetarianism in, in college. And he's like, it's great. It's amazing. He's like, but if you don't do the right things, surprise, you know, use the right vitamins, do the, the correct things. You're, you're just, you're, look at you, your teeth are falling out. And so at that point, I'm like, well, what do you suggest? And he's like, just if you want to stay, you know, kind of vegan, but still pushing the lines, he said, just start drinking beef, beef broth. And at that point, dude, I was like 163 pounds. I thought I was going to die. So, you know, when you're thir- in your 30s, you still are extreme, you know, like, like I was extreme. So at that point, I just cut it all out and then everything kind of changed, you know. So that's really the balance. It's just the balance of things. I, I moderate things and, I, you know. I did eat a steak that day. I did go and eat a filet mignon and, and I'll be honest, like I knew it was for my health and like the native Americans, man, you know, they've got to, they, they'll, they'll, they'll kill an animal and then they'll pray for it. And then, you know, they don't, a, any they, don't they don't waste anything. And, and literally I, I don't, what's that say that again? 
they are grateful for the animal and they give thanks for that animal. And and I'm kind of like that as well, you know, and I don't, I, and believe me, so many people are going to be turned off by that, but I don't, I have to be me. And at this point in my age, like knowing everything in moderation, you know, like if I eat some, some steak here, if I eat greens here, if I eat this all together, you know, some of my favorite people in the world are vegetarians, you know, uh, I could, River Phoenix was. He, that's not the best example. Paul McCartney, okay? He totally is. But, you know, for me, I think it's just what works for you. You know, what does it all mean? What does it mean to you? True, true that. And what she say, what does Ryder say? And not pumped with so much crap. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. She's a friend of mine, and she has a number of health issues, and she's got to be extremely conscientious of what she puts in her body because it just it's it, it's that serious. And same thing with my wife too. She's uh, she's not even a vegetarian by choice. Her body literally doesn't produce the enzyme to be able to digest meat. You know, it's things like that. Um, but uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. So me, same thing. I push my body way over the limit. And, you know, I work at UPS. This is horrible. But, you know, you want to you want to succeed. And, and when I was younger in my 20s and 30s, I just overdid it with uh, those crazy drinks, those monsters and all that stuff. And, you know, when you're young, you don't think it's going to do anything. But by the time, you know, I hit my probably 35, I got super sick. And at that point, you know, I'm not going to get into details. But yes, now I have to watch what I eat. I can't have too much of this Thai tea. Uh, you know, it's it's all hard thing to do. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And I believe me. You know, everybody's got their fix. You know, but when you have back to swing it back to the animals, it's like when you do have the animals and music, whatever your thing is, it, it helps you therapeutically, and then you don't have to latch on to these other things like seven ties teas. You know, I can have three instead of seven. So. <laughs> <laughs> moderation i believe is what that's called yes definitely i wish someone would have told me that when i was younger you know instead of that whole like oh you want to live like jim morrison and just you know <laughs> say that one more time i've heard that moderation my entire life it's selective yeah. do it at you, your fine you, you got to learn on your own you know i used to hear that jim morrison would walk down the street and people just hand him pills and he would just put them all in his mouth and that was a good thing and i'm like i couldn't do that personally yep. i i'd freak out i would completely freak out and be like people are looking at me i need to go sit down <laughs> that's just real real talk so <laughs> well do you have any like humane society uh like shelters that you really promote that, that you feel are positive. Cause I personally don't, I have my own, I have my own site that I try to do called humanity, humanitan, humanimals untied or something like that. And it's, it's for humans and animals, compassion for them, but it's just a stupid Facebook page. I don't, I can't do anything with it. It's not doing shit. So, so do you know any solutions or any organizations that really help besides PETA or PETA? This will be a multi-part answer. Um, <laughs> uh, on the subject of shelters in general, um, if you wanted to break them down into kill versus no kill, I, of course, I don't want any animal to be euthanized simply because it doesn't have a home. 
The sad reality is in our society, us in the United States of America have had such a desire for all of these varieties of teacup poodles and this yeah. and that, and it's going to complete my life and make me feel whole. But as soon as something in your life changes to where that dog becomes an inconvenience, it's discarded. I've heard that. And it's horrible. Are overrun. Some of them simply do not have a choice because there is nowhere for the animal to go. They don't have the capacity. The people that work there have taken home many themselves. Um, these are not just cruel, inhumane people. It's they're just they have they have nothing else to do. It's a job. So, so yeah. now, not to cut you off, so now, now I want to get back to to to, to, to Peta. Now, is that just, are they just the biggest name in the house and everyone just drops their stuff off to them and that's the reason they have to kill so much? I really don't know. So I have to investigate way more on that before I start bashing something that I've been behind for years. See, I've been behind that organization for a long time and that's why it's so shocking for me to hear this stuff. So uh, I really want to investigate. Yes, uh, PETA is not a very pleasant organization. Uh, they have very much abused their nonprofit status. And you can see that even just in the size of their corporate headquarters, that's uh, waterfront and everything. Uh, um, they certainly did not pride themselves or engage themselves in any meaningful way in the term of rescuing any wild uh, animals, dogs, cats, whatever breed species you're referring to they really did not make a great effort to uh rescue any and that's not what their mission statement is even for it was just happening along the way but yes of course as you point pointed out a lot of those animals came in and never went out yeah interesting interesting how old is sebastian uh, Sebastian is about two and a half years old his uh, uh of course i'm having a hard time remembering his um his gotcha day, his adoption day, but we do conveniently know his birthday is August 13th. So nice. I'm so horrible at that stuff. I don't, I, I don't celebrate the birthdays. I feel bad. I really should. Uh, let's just say, I heard that also Alex is saying, I have a girlfriend who rescues pits and doesn't have anything good to say about pet. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's yeah, it's a real thing. So Definitely. Actually, um, if you remember the old TV show, uh, Penn and Teller's uh, uh, Bullshit. Yeah. They had an old whole episode dedicated to PETA, and they tore them apart. And I think I saw a little many... bit of that. I think I saw a little bit of that, and that's what legitimized it for me, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, I was, like, way more turned on by those guys, you know, honestly. Because I've always loved them, but when I, when I saw that they were getting radical and actually just telling the truth, you know, that's the best. Like, when you hit that celebrity status and you do something good with it, like that's the best, you know, not to bring up this, this basketball player, but that really tall uh, Asian guy, I heard like two weeks ago, I brought this up on the last podcast. He, he made so much money playing basketball and most of those cats are just, you know, they'll buy a Benz or, or they'll buy a Lamborghini. They'll do this. They'll do that. This guy took his money and sent it towards, um, the, the the stopping of killing sharks so like he, he i think he put like so many millions towards like stopping people going out and and killing these sharks that it, it actually helped in the bringing them back you know so like that was amazing i love that like the, the sea shepherds as well i'm i'm a huge fan of like the she, the sea shepherds i've 
I've got, I've gone to their organizations. I almost, uh, I, I almost went on their show. I try to apply for their whole show. I met a whole bunch of them. They are great people. They are die hard, but those are the, those are the cats that, that change things are the ones that are going out there and do it. But as for you, it, it starts one cat, one dog at a time and that's it, you know? And as long as we can do that and we can show compassion for these animals and, and, you know, then it leads to human compassion. And then the aliens don't want to come down here and kill us, you know? So hopefully it does. But at the end of the day, just trying to save as many lives as I can. And I feel that's the best thing I can do with my life. And uh, uh, I know Sebastian appreciates it and that's good enough for me. So totally, we've got, um, uh, uh, we were notified that there was uh, a pair of Connie Corso sisters that will be needing a home. They're a little too young yet. You know, thankfully we do have the luxury of making sure that they're not pulled away from uh, their mother too soon. So we can let them grow up and uh, be ready to leave with the rest of their litter at the right time. Uh, but we're hoping in a couple of months, uh, they'll be uh, heading our way. Um, mm -hmm. And if not, again, there is always a pappy out there that needs a home. And Okay. Uh, and especially now I'm going to just, this is morbid. Okay. And I don't want to get into it, but this is 2021. My fiance, she's she's a nurse, okay, and she, you know, she didn't really dig cats until I got Mr. Magoo, and uh, you know, every night she comes in here and she's just like, she'll say something new about a cat, you know, and I'm like, I love it. She's a cat person, but the thing that really got me in the gut the other night is because she's a nurse and and people are just dying of COVID in these you know units all the time. It's just happening, and so she's like, she asked me so many times, hey, we need to get a you know a stray cat, stray cat. And finally, she's like, hey, you know, this cat, like, it, it needs a home because this lady passed away from COVID. And, like, I, that just made it so real. And I'm not saying that COVID wasn't real. It's not real. But, like, when you do realize that, like, oh, crap, now this cat that, like, had a nice home, had this probably 60-year-old lady that took care of it, maybe had some kind of disease, you know, uh, got infected, and all of a sudden she's gone. Now this cat doesn't have a home. It just made me want to take the cat, you know? And if Mr. Magoo wasn't such a territorial bastard, I would, I'd have another, you know? Because at one time I forced my mom to have something like seven cats once again. So it's just, that's how you do it. It's how you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, we just want to, uh, again, just try and save as many as we can. That's, all it's about and but doing it right you know of course because it it can quickly become a an uncontrolled influx of animals anybody popping their dogs off hoarding it's hoarding you know and that's uh, what happens and, and when, then what suddenly becomes a uh, a hazardous situation for the animal you're trying to save well you're not really yes. doing a good job are you um, oh man i've actually i shouldn't get into it but people do definitely animal hoard and uh that was a big on, on the subject of hoarding, um, yeah. on a more positive story, uh, and one of the people that really was influential for me, I believe her name was Bren Kyle. Um, I, I was a teenager. I volunteered with her. Um, at the time, I didn't know if she was a, a, a just a nice widow. Uh, she had this huge house. Uh, and at any given time, 40 or more dogs living with her. Wow. And small ones that would be, you know, fortunate enough to get in bed with her, to sleep at night. They had the general room for the majority of them, an isolation room for the heavily <laughs> aggressive. Um, 
and I'd just be able to go in and help her uh, go through the motions on a daily, uh, you know, taking care of all the animals and all their needs um, and just being able to help out. That's and it, amazing. It was very well managed. Yeah, that's amazing. I helped run a uh, small dog rescue organization. I believe that's actually what it was called, was just Small Dog Rescue. Um, and uh, she had a, a whole little team of people that would help take other dogs as well. And if she needed anything, they'd be able to help her too. And they worked very hard to find these animals permanent homes, not wow. just please take this animal from me. It's I've got too many. It was, they wanted their screening process was yes. offensive to some people. I've had, I had dog as a teenager, I had a dog thrown back at me, I think because they were asking if uh, uh, they were, you know, smoking tobacco in the house and well, yeah, what's the problem with that? This is a small dog and it's not good for its lungs. Yeah. But, hey, um, definitely. Definitely. But it's, it, you can really do some amazing things if you really take the time to work out the process, I mean, she had, everything was so well organized and clean, clean. You think somebody has 40 dogs in their house, the place stinks. It didn't, it did not. See, I, I feel like I want to do that when I get older as well. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but like when I get older, like, you know, like what else is there to do? <laughs> you know, like you, what else is there to do? Just take care of these things. And it's just cosmic credit, you know? And, and in saying cosmic credit, I want to ask you, because this is like, you know, what does it all mean? This is where I, I get kind of deep with people and we haven't rehearsed any of this. So what is you, wh what does it all mean besides just, you know, the dogs, the cats, what, what, what does this experience mean to you as, as Alex Danka right now? What, what is it meant to you and what is it going to mean? What is, what does it mean? What's it all mean? Promoting love. It's just love. That's all it is. Love comes in a whole bazillion different ways and forms and whatever you want to call it. But it's just about love. We're all on this planet. We all got to do something to take care of each other because nobody's going to be okay by themselves. And that includes the animals. And that's where I chose to take my time. But there's plenty of other beings and initiatives and drives out there that need love too. This is just simply the one that works for me. Dude, that's the best damn answer I've heard so far. And I'll be completely honest. Like, it sh as soon as you said it, it, like, shot through the screen, hit me in the heart, and it made my heart start beating faster. And then I remembered that I had a heart on my shirt near where my heart is. And then I just thought, you know, that's some more weird stuff that you can't, you know, even wrap your head around. Everything is, you know everything is connected and love definitely is the answer. And I knew that when I was a kid, ironically, you kids, know, yeah. Kids, I think and, it's just some kids forget it or are, are just not able to see some good quality love. I don't know what the circumstances are, but. Or the world just starts to bring us down, you know, like the, there are no coincidences. Are. Uh, Brimstone apparel 93. The first song I ever wrote, I was eight years old and yes, I like Michael Jackson. No comment on him now. But it was called uh, it was called Love Machine. Swear on my life. I was eight years old. The first song I ever wrote was called Love Machine. I've written 500 to 1,000 now, personally. Not published them, but written them just to, to do that. But I would die to know what, what, what Love Machine sounded like. And at that point, I was eight, pure. I didn't know what the, the world was really about. I was just seeing it from an eight-year-old's perspective. So, you know, dig it. 
dig it. I love all these uh these responses. Hi Julia. Julia's in London, by the way, so Wow, this is going international. Cool. <laughs> yes. That's why I kind of do it later. Uh, you know, for me, it's 630 here. It's super early. That's why I'm kind of wide awake. But, uh, you know, I usually do it at midnight because it's it's more freaky at midnight. And I feel like, you know, it's it's got that more cosmic vibe. I might do another show tonight later at midnight just 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 because I don't know. But I'm having so much fun with you here. So. Okay. I'm pretty well caffeinated, but that's that's why I wanted to do it earlier was to make sure I was <laughs> peppy and awake for it. It's interesting because as soon as I get off, like usually either I go play music or I, I stay up a lot or I go the other way and I'm, I'm really exhausted once it's over and I just pass out either way, you know, but it's just getting it out there. You know, it's getting it out there. What kind of guitar do you play right now? Uh, I have... I have four. Uh, I have uh, uh, my old Carvin acoustic. I'm sure you remember. Yes. Round case. That's where uh, I learned about Carvin. I learned about Carvin from you. Riding up and down Laguna. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I've got uh, actually going back to our uh, comment about native foods. Um, again, of the amazing people that I met through that little restaurant, uh, there was a guy named I want to say his name was Tommy Ring. Um, we, we, we got to talking about guitars uh, and music, and he was way, way better musician than I will ever be. Um, but uh, I, I always loved talking about Rush, and he loved them too, and how Alex Lifeson plays a big uh, Gibson ES-335 semi-hollow body. And um, uh, one day he comes into this restaurant, he's got a guitar over his shoulder. I'm like, oh, hey, man, you going to a, going to a show next? And he was like, no, actually, this is for you. And I'm like, wait, wait what? Wow. <laughs> and he hands me an Epiphone dot. Uh, apparently, he rebuilt guitars, and this one had the headstock snapped off of it, and he was able to put it back together, and I still got the thing. Um, it's it's a right-handed guitar, and what's, he, he felt so bad. He didn't know I was left-handed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh, I, I didn't realize. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, man, I can flip this thing over. I'll make this work. This is amazing. Definitely. I, it's my favorite guitar, uh, next to the Carvin. It's it's the best thing ever. Um, I've got a little uh, Fender Stratocaster that I put some uh, uh, active EMG pickups in, and a uh, a Martin backpacking guitar uh, that my dad got for me when I was in the when I was in the hospital from the wreck. So way wow. back when. That's amazing. It really is. It's all connected, man. Alex got in a in a. We were supposed to go, dude. Like, remember all this? Like, dude, me and you. I was going to get a bike. I was going to get a bike. Me and you were going to go biking. Like, that was the thing. I, I used to hang out with this cat a lot. Like, we would we hung out a lot, you know? And I was really going to get a motorcycle, and we were just oh, going to go riding. All just us sitting around playing, making weird noises on guitars. <laughs> yeah. And then and then he got in a, a wreck, and it almost it, he almost died. And it's just it, – that crushed my heart as well, dude. Like, when you almost – this wasn't a little wreck, guys. It was a huge wreck. And if Alex wasn't here, I would be really lost. Not lost, but I would feel a sense of, you know how I told you, you put something in my head? I would feel like something was taken apart from me, you know? And I'd have to chase that until the next life, you know? And I kind of feel that that's entanglement. And I had a friend pass away recently, and he was, he was one of my best friends. And I actually had to cancel our show from last weekend to talk about that. Yes. And... uh you know, I said on the last show, I, I hadn't felt him. I hadn't felt his presence, 
you know, and hey, dad, I see you're out there. So this applies to you too. So when, when, uh, when we're in this material world, I actually had my friend Robert, I, I, I forgot this, I had him sit down next to me and meditate with me for like 10 minutes. And, and on me, like I'm the Dalai Lama. I'm such an egotistical maniac. I'm like, I need you to follow me. Like, meditate on me. I'm going to meditate on you. And this is real. We did that. And so um, flashback to, or flash forward to like maybe four months later, we're in a car driving to a gig. And uh, I'm still got this egotistical mind in my head. And I'm starting to think like I'm somebody and it matters. And, and what would the sound sound like if I got shot in the head as someone was driving by, you know, and, and what would it sound like? And all of a sudden, the guy that I was meditating with that six months before, he goes, pow. And I looked at him and I go, I didn't say this out loud. I said it in my head. And I looked at Robert and I go, what did you just say? And he goes, pow. And I go, why did you say that? Why did you say that? And he goes, I don't know. And so like at that point, so now to bring it back, I, I, I was really so sad about all this that he passed that I meditated yesterday, hardcore, hardcore. And I could be nuts and I could be either schizophrenic, but I'm like, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Robert, you out there? You out there? And either it was my made up mind or I heard like, dude, it's been a week. Dude, chill out. You know, like, like I really heard the second, you know, and I could be schizophrenic. Don't even trip. But or it was just me dealing with the, you know, like when my grandfather passed away, I saw him him driving for a week afterwards you know like every car was my grandpa same thing so my point is the people that i really love i hold dear to me and i try to keep them into my spiral as much as possible so when they start to spiral away i, I keep that and there's entanglement which is real and so when we spiral out somewhere else we're, we're still connected and even though we might be on a completely different universe or dimension i'll still know you alex that we wanted to go road, you know ride motorcycles somewhere and now we're just doing it in a different universe where it's just safer there you know so glad i got to ride on highway one i saw that big chunk of it fell off not too long ago so <laughs> too. that's crazy my dad's a big motorcycle cat too you know he 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 is a harley he does all that you know so it's good stuff dude it's good stuff yeah maybe someday i'll get a bike with a sidecar for Sebastian, get him some goggles and a helmet. You know, he's got to wear a helmet. That's <laughs> but uh, uh, I've also seen some of the, uh, uh, like, World War II BMWs, and they got, like, the demilled machine gun on the side. I'm like, Pappy with the machine gun in traffic? I mean, that just sounds good to me, you know? I've seen a TikTok video like that. I saw it today. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And I was like, that made me so happy. It really did. You know, uh, I took Mr. Magoo out just for a minute today. Cause I'm like, you know, like I was telling you before, he's an indoor cat, you know, there's the show, uh, fresh off the boat. They always say that they're indoor cats, you know, the, the Wong family. I'm a bit, I love their indoor cats. Well, my, my rescue is definitely an indoor cat. And when I yep. took his ass out for two minutes to show him just to, to get the breeze, to get the, the just life on him, he hid under the bed until the damn podcast. And so at that point I traumatized him. So I, Likes, uh, there we go. Yep. Being indoor, he's he's an indoor cat. Sorry, that was my fiance. She's calling. I should get that. But um, all right, I should. Let's wrap this up, everybody. Sebastian's story right here. 
what's what's your website or your actual uh, handle for? I'm going to put it on here, of course, but just 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 for um, how people can see your story, what they can get at. Uh, we're on YouTube at uh, Sebastian Story apostrophe S. Uh, Sebastian Story, and uh, uh, the website is uh, www.sebastianstory.info, and uh, that is hyperlinked in the uh, in the YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, trying to do it every Friday. Just you know, it's I've got this high definition camera that I carry around in my pocket every day. I'm like, well, hey, you know, there's a whole lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. Maybe I can just uh, record some cute videos with my dog and say, you know, hey. <laughs> Maybe life's uh, not so bad after all. Let's uh, let's share in some happy pappy and uh, uh, enjoy it for everything that we can and just spread some happy out there. And that was before I knew what 2020 was going to bring. So I'm, I'm feeling good about that. And yeah, trying to get better. I mean, it's <laughs> it's funny. If you look on the channel, uh, on our channel, the very first Sebastian Story introduction, that was quite literally the first video I've ever made in my life. So uh, our channel is a bit of a uh, uh, a montage to Alex's uh, uh, video making education. So, well, that's what got me. That's what got me. As soon as I saw like the YouTube channel and I saw just your Instagram channel, I was hooked. And like, I wanted to know the story. I wanted to know what was going on. Uh, stuff like that fascinates me. I just, you know, like it, it's people's personal journeys of life are so much more exciting than. Uh, the celebrity BS, you know, with, with the hype that we, we see in life, you know, I, I, I'm being hypocritical because I just watched the whole Anna Nicole uh, Simpson documentary, but, but uh, you know, I just feel that, that, you know, your story is way, I had way more fun talking to you than I did learning about how Anna Nicole died, you know, so. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> And just the fact that we got to connect after all, you know, after all this time on just the yeah, cyber web. And it, like you said, the 2020 is like, dude, man, you can't do anything. You can't really step out. I'm California's open, but I, I'm still, until everyone's vaccinated, I'm hiding in my room. I'm not uh, doing anything, you know? So my name is, uh, by the way, my name is James Lewis. Thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, this is my podcast. What's it mean? And what does it all mean? And it's really just, about this about life and you know hanging out with friends with tai chi and rescue animals so <laughs> all right brother on that note i'm gonna end it it was great man thanks for having me i love you dude love you brother take care you too bro